Okay, we're beginning here eight lines down on the top of Pei Zion Aleph. Kamar is continuing with what we left off with yesterday, which was that Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Rabbi Yossi, added an additional day to the Shloshet Yemei Hagbalah. And how do we know that? Titania, we have a bright Gimot Varim Asa Moshe Midato, for three things that Moshe did of his own volition, Viskim HaKadosh Baruch and God acquiesced after the fact and said that he was right in what he did. One of them is, Hosif Yom Echad Midato, he added an additional day to the waiting or preparations for Har Sinai. Uperesh min he separated from his wife. Yishiberet luchot and he broke the luchot. Now the Gemara is going to go through each one of them. Hosif yom echad midato, he added an additional day. Maidorish, what was the drasha that he used in order to do this? Hayom umachar, it says that you should separate today and tomorrow. Hayom kimachar, today should be like tomorrow. Malamachar lelo imo, just like tomorrow. It's a full 24-hour period. It's the night and then the day. So too, today, it should be the night and the day. But the day that he comes down and commands Bnei Israel about this, it's the daytime because he's coming down in the morning. So, but today's night already passed because we're talking about in the morning. So it must be that Hashem meant two days besides today itself. How do we know that God acquiesced and agreed with him? Hashem doesn't show up on our Sinai until Shabbat morning. So it shows that according to Rabbi Yossi that Rosh Chodesh was actually on Sunday and Shabbat was Zion. The fact that Hashem didn't show up till Zion indicates that Hashem agreed with Moshe Rabbeinu's waiting for three days and then only having the Mamad Harsinai on Shabbat. As Tosafot points out over here, it cannot really be a full-fledged limud. If it's a full-fledged limud and it would have made sense midoraita, then that's one of the Shloshusir midota Torah, and that wouldn't be considered that Moshe Rabbeinu did something on his own. So it has to be over here that we're talking about a quasi-drosha, because you didn't have to make this connection. It doesn't have to be this way. And therefore, it's a quasi-drasha that Moshe made in order to justify his position, but not necessarily that it's a muhrach. It has to be that way. And that's why, after Moshe did his own volition, Hashem acquiesced and agreed to that. Uperesh min Aisha. He separated from his wife. Maidorish. Again, what was the drasha that he made? Nasa kavachomer ve'atzmo. He made a kavachomer. Amar, umayisro shlo dibrashchina imhem elashachat. Hashem only spoke to them for a momentary time. V'kavalahem zman. And he said the exact time when he's going to speak to them. Amrat Torah. Nevertheless, there was a tzivoy ve'yu nechonim. That you have to prepare yourselves. Al tikshu alisha. Do not be together with your wives. Ani shekosha v'shashchina midaberati mi. Ve'enu kolevi zman. That he speaks to me at any time or all the time. And he doesn't set a specific time. Certainly I have to separate from my wife. How do we know that Hashem agreed? Because it says, After Mamad Hasinai, Hashem says, Command B'nai Yisrael to return to your tents, their tents being their wives. But you remain here with me. So the rest of B'nai Yisrael were granted the permission to go back to the wives, but Moshe was not necessarily granted that permission. And some say, comes from the fact that Shem said to Miriam and Aaron that Moshe was justified in his position because I speak to him face to face. And therefore he is justified, or it is right that he separated from his wife. Tosafot does raise the issue here. How do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu did it of his own volition? Maybe when Hashem said to the rest of Bnei Yisrael, Shuba lachem no lechem, then Moshe understood that he shouldn't. And then he separated from his wife. How do we know that he did it on his own? The Tosafot says, number one, because later on, 
Miriam and Aaron criticized Moshe for separating from his wife. If it was a tzivui from Hashem, they couldn't have criticized Moshe. It must have been that he did it of his own volition. That's number one. Number two is, the command here was for Moshe to remain with Hashem. But it seems that Moshe separated from his wife even prior to that. And that's what Sipora tells Aaron and Miriam when they see El Dadu Meidad, that the Ba'am, that they have a Ruach HaKodesh, the Shoreh on them in the Am. And Sipora says, oh, woe to their wives, because now they're not going to be together with them anymore, just like I separated from Moshe Rabbeinu. So we see from that, that Sipora was indicating that there was a separation above and beyond what Hashem had commanded. And that's why Aaron and Miriam criticized Moshe, as well as the fact that we know that Moshe did it of his own volition and not just because of the Tzivoy Hashem. She beret luchot, he broke the luchot. My Darish, again, what was the drusha that he made to break the luchot? Marama Pesach, Shuachad Mitayag Mitzvot, the Pesach, which is one of the 613 mitzvot, Amrat Torah. Nevertheless, the Torah says, V'chol be'nachar lo yochabbo. Nobody who, nitnak pru ma'asav da'aviv she'b'shamayim. Someone who worships Avodah Zarah, someone whose heart is not whole with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, may not bring the Korban Pesach, may not eat from the Korban Pesach. HaTorah Kula, here we're talking about the entire Torah. U Yisrael Mumarim, and B'nai Yisrael now are Mumarim, they're worshiping Avodah Zarah, Chad certainly, in this case, we should not have them accept the Torah. We know in the scheme Kodesh Baruch Hu, how do we know that God agreed to Moshe's breaking of the Luchot? Shana Amar, Asher Shibarta. Hashem says to Moshe about the luchot that you broke. Don't read it as Sher Shibata, but rather, Shibarta. To read the words as if Hashem was saying, it was a good thing that you broke them, you did the right thing by breaking them. Now, Tosvot again points out over here that, This is not a full-fledged Kalvachomer again, because the Mumar Asur Pesach Shubarban, if a Mumar is Asur by a Korban, because the Korban of Pesach might have a unique status, and that is why a Mumar is prevented from being a Korban of Pesach, you should have given them the Torah and try to have them do Tshuva. There are many mitzvot in the Torah where a mumar is not precluded from doing the mitzvah. This is something that's unique to the Korban HaPesach, and therefore to extrapolate it to the whole Torah may not have been a full-fledged Kavlech Homer. There is a beautiful marsha over here that explains exactly what transpired on Har Sinai, because what's not understandable over here is that Hashem tells Moshe Rabbein already up on Har Sinai that Bnei Yisrael is already worshipping the Egel. Yet Moshe does nothing. He doesn't break the Luchot, doesn't do anything about it. He asks Hashem for forgiveness. Then he goes down. Only once he sees the Egel does he break the Luchot. Why didn't he break the Luchot when he's up on Har Sinai? So the Marsh uh, says over here, Eno Dome Riyah There's no comparison between seeing something and hearing something. A person sees something, seeing is believing. And Moshe Rabbeinu, even though intellectually he knew that B'nai Yisrael worshipped the Vodah Zarah, until he sees the Egel, it doesn't drive him, or it doesn't give him the emotional strength to break the Luchot. So despite the fact that he knew about this information up on Har Sinai, he doesn't break the Luchot until he sees B'nai Israel. Obviously, there's also the other impact that B'nai Israel should see him breaking the Luchot that also has impact on B'nai Yisrael. Tashma. Pasuk says, the Yom HaShelishi. You should be ready for the third day. Tashma the Rabbi Yossi. That's a problem for Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi Yossi says that there were three days and then only on the fourth day did they receive the Torah. From the Pasuk, you're right, they would have sounded on the third day. But, because Moshe added the additional day, that's not what it turned out. Tashma. We have a cryptic brighter that we need to explain. It says, Shlishi, Shlishi Bachodesh, Vishlishi Bishabbat. The third day of the month, Gimel. 
Sivan, Vishlishi, Beshapat, and Tuesday. So Kasha the Rabbanan. That's problematic for the Rabbanan. Because if Tuesday is the third day of Sivan, that means that Rosh Chodesh was on Sunday. And that's like Rabbi Yossi. Means that on the Shlishi, they got the Tzivoy of the Hagbalah on the third day. And the third day was the third of Sivan, which is the third day of the week, which is Tuesday. And that all works out according to Rabbi Yossi. That's a problem with the Rabbanan. Amalcha Rabbanan, Amani Rabbiosi. That bright is authored by Rabbiosi. You're right. Enochanami, it doesn't agree with our position. Shlishi the Mai. What does it mean, the third of? The Ketanya. Vayashav Moshe et Divreya Amel Hashem. Moshe returns what the people said to Hashem. Divayagid Moshe et Divreya Amel Hashem. And then the Psukim say that he told Hashem what the people had said. Ma'amarlo Akkadish Borchud Moshe. Amarlohem Moshe li Israel. Umarmaru Israel the Moshe. Part of the dialogue seems to be missing. Umarshiv Moshe lifneag Pura. So what happened? here, in terms of the dialogue, is somewhat difficult, because the psukim seem to indicate that Moshe returns to Hashem twice with information that he received from Bnei Israel, which is in Pasuchet, it says, And then it says, So we know what he took back. Then Hashem says to Moshe, And then the Pasuk continues and says, The Moshe tells what the people said. We don't have any information from Hashem. We don't have any information about Moshe relayed to Nesel. We don't have any information about Benesel said back. And then Moshe is already relaying something from Benesel back to Hashem. So there is a missing piece of information. So, So, this is the mitzvah bala, and that's what we saw in yesterday's daf that they rejigger the psukim so that the mitzvah bala is taken away from pasuk yud bet and moved up in between pasuk het and pasuk tet to tell you what was the mitzvah that Bnei Yisrael got on that day. That was the mitzvah of hagbala. That mitzvah of hagbala. Then Moshe responds to Hashem and says, "Yes, Bnei Yisrael kept the mitzvah of hagbala," and then only then does he get the mitzvah of hafrasha on the next day or the subsequent day. Rebbe Omer, B'tchila perish unchaak dikhtiv, Vayashe Moshe dvarim, Shemeshavivim dato shel adam. Oso perish matan tzcharak dikhtiv, Vayaged Moshe dvarim, Shemoshchim libo shel adam keagada. So Rabbi says, no, that the two responses were about the two different aspects of Torah. There is the aspect of Torah, which is the negative, the onshim, the punishment for not keeping the Torah. And then there is the positive side, which is what are the benefits or the goodness from keeping the Torah. So when Moshe went back, the two times he went back, it's not because there was some sort of incident that took place in between, but rather Moshe is responding to two, these two different aspects of the Torah. But Yashem Moshe, Divrei is with regards to the things that make you crazy, drive you crazy, the punishments, and the Haggadah that Moshe takes back to Hashem, which is again Moshe, Divrei is about the positive aspects of Torah, and that's what he returns and says to Hashem that Bnei Yisrael accepted both of those. that it's just the opposite. Things that draw people, that draw them in, that encourage them. That are hard for people, like Gidim, like sinews, that are very hard, things that are difficult to hear. And those are the punishments. So either way, according to Rabbi, there was only one instruction, which was that Hashem wants to give the Torah to Bnei Israel. But Moshe broke it into two parts. He broke it into a part, speaking about the punishment and speaking about the goodness or the benefits of Torah. And the two replies that Moshe brings to Hashem relate to each of those aspects. Tashma. Shishi. Shishi b'chodesh. Shishi b'shabbat. The sixth thing, which we don't know what that means. The sixth of the month. 
And that is Friday. So once again, Kasha the Rabbanan, it's difficult for the Rabbanan. It works well for Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says that the Rosh Chodesh was on Sunday, and that would make the sixth of the month Friday, and that would be the sixth day being the sixth of the month. But for the Rabbanan, that wouldn't work so well, because the Rabbanan have Rosh Chodesh on Monday, that means the sixth of the month is on Shabbat. Again, the Gemara says, Anami Rabbi Yossi, this bright is author Rabbi Yossi. So now the Gemara says, Shishi the Mai. What's the sixth that enters the bright? We understand the sixth day of the month, and we understand that it's the sixth day of the week, but what's the sixth that opens up? So the Gemara says, Rav Amar Lechaniyatam. It was the sixth day after they had encamped at Har Sinai. Amar It was the sixth day after they had traveled to Har Sinai. And they're arguing about the Shabbat of Marah. Because the Aserta Dibrot and Parshat Etchanan says, with regards to Shabbat. As if Hashem already given them the information about Shabbat. And that drives the Midrash that B'nai Israel accepted the Mitzvah of Shabbat in Marah prior to getting to Har Sinai. And that's what is meant by Hashem, Sam Lo Choku Mishpat B'Sham Nisau. That Shabbat was one of those dinim that was given beforehand. That they received the Shabbat in Marah. That they were given the mitzvah of Shabbat, but they were not given the mitzvah of Tchumim, which is that you're not allowed to travel more than the 2,000 Amot on Shabbat. Or according to some of the Rishonim, maybe even in Doraita, you can't travel more than Machanei Yisrael, which is 12 mil. The other possibility is that we're not talking about Tchumim, but rather about Hotza'ah, about carrying on Shabbat. That everybody agrees is problematic on Shabbat. And the question here is, were they Nitztava on Hotza'ah or not at Marah? But other opinion is that even about the din of Tchumim, they were told about in Marat. They were told all those details. And therefore, there's a difference in their opinion about when they arrived in Midbar Sinai. According to the Mandamar that says they were told about the mitzvah of Tchumim, they couldn't travel on Shabbat. They had to wait until Sunday. So on Sunday, they traveled from Marat to Midbar Sinai, and they also encamped in Midbar Sinai on that same day. And that's why it's the sixth day from their travels. On the other hand, they're going to the Mandamar who says that they received Shabbat, but they did not receive the information about Tchumin. He says that they traveled on Shabbat from Marah, and they reached there and encamped there in Arsinai on Sunday. But the travel had been already accomplished on Shabbat. And therefore he says it's the sixth day from their encamping at Arsinai, not the sixth day from their traveling, because they had traveled the previous day. Toswood asks here, how do you know that the Shabbat that they were commanded on was in Marah. Maybe it came from the time that they learned about it from the month. So that's what it says, because it says both Kashir Tzivicha by Shabbat and Kashir Tzivicha by Kibur Aveim. And like by Kibur Aveim, it has to be by Marah, so too the Gemara associates the Shabbat with that, it must be that it was by Marah. That's what then deals with the Midrashim that say that if Neisho had kept one Shabbat, that everything would have been great, but he seems to say, look, there are plenty of Shabbatot between here and Mamad Har Sinai. So he doesn't understand why Neisho had that failure to keep a single Shabbat, since there were at least three Shabbatot between the time of Marah until Mamad Har Sinai, and he leaves that with a question about those Midrashim. Tashma, Nisan, Shabo Yatsu Yisrael Mitzrayim, Barbar Sar, Shachtu Pischayim. When Bnei Israel left Mitzrayim, they brought the Korban of Pesach, like in every other year, on the 14th of Nisan. Ubi Chamishasar Yatsu. And on the 15th, they left Mitzrayim. Ule Erev Laku Bechorot. And at night, Hashem killed all the Bechorot. Le Erev Salkadatcho. What? The night after they left, Hashem killed all the Bechorot? That seems to be out of order. Ella, Mi Ba'erev Laku Bechorot. The night before, I mean the night of the 15th, they Bechorot were killed. Votoyom Chamishi Bishabatayan. That day was Thursday. So they they brought the Gorman of Pesach on the 14th. The Bechorot are killed that night. And then the next morning, 
they leave Mitzrayim on the 15th. And that day that they leave Mitzrayim was a Thursday. So now, if the 15th of Nisan was on Thursday, that means that Rosh Chodesh Nisan was also on Thursday. Because Thursday would be the 1st of the month, the 8th of the month, and the 15th of the month. Now, Nisan, we know, is always Malay. It has a 30-day month to it. So therefore, if Rosh Chodesh Nisan was on a Thursday, then Rosh Yachodiyar Shabto, that makes Rosh Chodesh Iyar on Shabbat. That's because you have 30 days. 28 days would be 4 full weeks, and then you have an additional 2 days to make up the 30. So if that's the case, if the 1st of Nisan was on a Thursday... That means that the 29th will fall out on Thursday, because that's four weeks later. And then the 30th will be Friday, and the first of Iyar will be Shabbat. Now, if Rosh Chodesh Iyar is on Shabbat, we know that Iyar is always Chaser. It only has 29 days to it. That means the Rosh Chodesh will be a day later for Sivan. And that's exactly the Sivan, Chadab Shabbat. And then Rosh Chodesh for Sivan will be on Sunday. Because if the 1st of Iyar is on Shabbat, the 29th of Iyar is on Shabbat, that means Rosh Chodesh Sivan is on Sunday. Kasho the Rabbanan. This is difficult for the Rabbanan because this fits into Rabbi Yossi Shita that Rosh Chodesh was on Sunday. So Amelachar Rabbanan, Iyar Daishata, Avrue Avrua. That year, Iyar was a full month. It had 30 days to it. So if you make it 30 days, then Rosh Chodesh Sivan will only start on Monday. So not only was Nisan Malay, but so was Iyar. Tosavot points out that if Thursday was the 15th of the month, that means that Shabbat was Yud. Shabbat was the 10th of the month. They brought the Korban Pesach on the 14th on Wednesday. It means that they took the Korban as Moshe instructs them four days before that. And taking it four days before that, that was on the 10th of the month. It means the 10th fell out on Shabbat. And from here, Tosavot says, that's the reason we have Shabbat HaGadol before Pesach. Because on that year, the Shabbat HaGadol was the day that they took the Korban Pesach in Mitzrayim, which was a dangerous act, which was is a defiant act, and that's why it's called Shabbat HaGadol, from all the miracles that happened that B'nai Israel were still protected and safe, despite the fact that they were taking the God of Mitzrayim to be Makriv four days later as the Korban HaBesach. In addition to that, Tosfot mentions that the Bechorim, the firstborn of Mitzrayim, heard about what was going to transpire, and that Hashem was going to kill all of the Bechorim in Mitzrayim, so they rebelled against Paro. And that's what Tosfot says is the source of the Makkei Mitzrayim Bivchoreim, that Mitzrayim were killed or fought a civil war with the Bechorim, because the Bechorim were upset. They saw Ben Israel taking the Quran on Shabbat, and they knew what was about to happen, that they were all going to die. And therefore, they rebelled against Paro, and there was a civil war. Tashma Dula We can prove to you that that Iyar was not a 30-day month that year, because we have a more explicit bright thought that tells us all this information. Nisan Nisan, the Bnei Israel left Mitzrayim, they shechted their Psechim on the 14th. Bichamishasar Yatsu, they left on the 15th. Ule Erev Laku, Bichorot. And that night, the Bichorot were killed. Again, La Erev Sakhadatra, El Eima, Miba Erev Laku, Bichorot. The night before, the Bichorot were killed. Voto Ayom, Chamishi Bishabataya. And the day they left was a Thursday. Hishlam Nisan, they finished up Nisan. Vira Yar, the Yot, Bishabat. Then Yar fell out on Shabbat, like we said before, because Nisan is Malay. Nisan's Malay, that means if Rosh Chodesh is on Thursday, that means that Rosh Chodesh Iyar will be on Shabbat. Chaser Iyar. Iyar is 29 days. It's a chaser. V'yar Sivan liot v'echad b'Shabbat. And Sivan fell out on Sunday of that year. Rosh Chodesh was on that Sunday. Kasho the Rabbanan. It's clearly a problem for the Rabbanan who say that Rosh Chodesh was on Monday. Mar says, Amani Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi has to be the author of that Baraita. And that's why it's not a question on the Rabbanan because it's Rabbi Yossi the Shitato.
Amra Papa Tashma, the Pasuk says, Vayisu Meilim Vayavo called Apinesiol Midbar Sin, Asher Ben Ilimu Ben Sinai, Bakamishasar Yom, Lachodashashini, Satan Beretz Mitzrayim. They ended up there on the 15th, on the second month after they left Mitzrayim, which means they were there on the 15th of Iyar. They end up in Elim. And B'nai Israel, once they reach there on the 15th, plain about the fact that they don't have Mon. And then Moshe says to them, listen, Hashem's going to take care of you with the Mon. And it says over there, for six days you're going to collect it. And then on the seventh day, there'll be Shabbat. So that means that the 15th was Shabbat, because after, subsequent to that, their arrival there, they have six days in which they collect the Mon. And on the seventh day, when they have Shabbat. So you see from that, if the 15th of Iyar is on Shabbat, Reish Yarcho de Sivan Chad B'Shabot. Then again, Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on the 15th. Again, if the 15th of Iyar is on Shabbat, that means Rosh Chodesh Iyar was also on Shabbat. Rosh Chodesh Iyar is on Shabbat, and Iyar is a Chaser. That means that one day later will be Rosh Chodesh Sivan. So if on Shabbat was Rosh Chodesh Iyar, that means that Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on Sunday, like Rabbi Yossi again. Kasha the Rabbanan. Again, it's problematic for Rabbanan. I mean, Rabbanan, Yar Daishata Eburei Abrua. Same answer that they gave before, that the Yar of that year was a 30-day month. And because of that, it turned out that Rosh Kodesh Yar was on Shabbat. Amar Lei Rav Chavivi Mechozna, or other Girsot have Amar Rav Asi Mechozna, the Ravashi, Tashma. Vahiba Chodesh Harishon Bishana Shenit. It was on the first month in the second year. Be'achad Chodesh. On the first day of the month, this is Rosh Chodesh Nisan in the second year. Hukama Mishkan. The Mishkan was put into service. Tano Oto Yom Natal Eser That day had ten crowns to it. Rishon the Masei Breshit. It was the first day of creation. Rishon the Nisim was the first day that Nisim brought their Karbanot. That Nachshon ben Aminadav started to bring his Karbanot that are mentioned in Parshat Naso. Rishon the Kiuna was the first day that Aaron Ubanav served as Kohanim in the Mishkan. Rashi claims that it was the Bechorot that did the Avodah before this. Other places in Shas, it seems that Moshe Rabbeinu did the Avodah for the Shiva Jimei Miluim. Rishon the Avodah was the first day of service in the Mishkan. Rishon the Ridat Aish was the first time that Hashem's fire came down from heaven to Swallow the Garbanot. Bishon Achilat Kodoshim was the first day that Kodoshim were eaten. Bishon Nishkon Ashkina. That was the first day that Hashem Shkina rested on the Mishkan and stayed in the Mishkan. Bishon Avarechet Israel was the first day that they had Birkat Kohanim in Klal Israel. Bishon Nisur Abamot was the first day that was now a restriction against using Bamot because the Mishkan was the center of Garbanot now. Bishon Nishkon and it was the first of the months. It was a Nisan. But you see from this is that Rosh Chodesh Nisan in the second year was on a Sunday. Now the Gemara tells us that if that's the case. If the Rosh Chodesh in the second year after B'nai Israel leave, Mitzrayim was on Sunday, that means that the previous year, it had to be on Wednesday, the Tanya, because we have a bright that says, Others say, and this is a principle that we follow for the calendar today, There's no difference between Shavuot this year to Shavuot next year. And there's no difference between Rosh Hashanah this year and Rosh Hashanah next year. Ella Dalid Yamim Bilvat, except for four days. There's a difference of four days between the two years. And that's because a lunar year is 354 days. 350 is divisible by 7. That's 50. So, therefore, the next year will have the same day of the week, except for those additional four days of the 354. So those additional four days tell you that the subsequent year, whatever day it was this year, the subsequent year will be four days later. So if I tell you that Rosh Chodesh Nisan in the second year was on Sunday... That means that four days earlier was the Rosh Chodesh of the previous year. Four days earlier, Shabbat, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. That makes Wednesday Rosh Chodesh in the previous year. If it's a leap year, then, hey, then you have a five-day difference. 
And that's because in a leap year, you have 354 plus an additional 29 days for Adar Bet. That's assuming here that the additional Adar is Chaser. And given that, you now have 383 days between the two years. 378 is divisible by 7. It's 54. And then you have an additional 5 days to get to the 383 days of that lunar year. That means that there's a 5 day difference between the previous year and the next year when there's a leap year there. If that's the case, that means that if in the year they left Mitzrayim, Rosh Chodesh was on Wednesday, that means that Rosh Chodesh ER now is on Friday. Because like we said before, Nisan Zemalei, two days later will be Rosh Chodesh ER. And then Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be a day later because it's a 29 day month ER, it's a chaser. That means Rosh Chodesh Sivan will turn out to be on Shabbat. It's Kasha Ben the Rabbi Ben the Problematic for both Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanan. Rabbi Yossi thinks Rosh Chodesh was Sunday, and the Rabbanan thinks Rosh Chodesh was on Monday. So Rabbi Yossi Shiva Chaserim Avud. So in that year, according to Rabbi Yossi, they must have done seven Chaserim. They must have done seven months where they were Chaser, and therefore it turned out that it wasn't a four-day difference between them, but only a three-day difference between the years because they added in one Chaser. 354 days of a lunar calendar is based on six months of 30 days and six months of 29 days. So if you add in an additional 29-day month instead of 30 days, you subtract one day, which means the lunar year is 353 days. If it's 353 days, that means that the, the difference between the years is only three days. The Rabbanan, Chet Chaserim Avod. And for the Rabbanan, we have to say there were eight months that were 29 days, because that'll make the lunar year 352 days. That means that if on the subsequent year, Rosh Chodesh Nisan was on Sunday, that means in the previous year it was on Friday. And based on that, then the Chachamim or the Rabbanan will come out that their Rosh Chodesh Yair is on Sunday, and their Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on Monday. According to Rabbi Yosei, you'll have a 353-day lunar year, because he has seven chaserim instead of six chaserim. And because of that, if in the subsequent year Rosh Chodesh was on Sunday, that means in the previous year Rosh Chodesh was on Thursday. If Rosh Chodesh Nisan was on Thursday, Rosh Chodesh Yair is on Shabbat, and Rosh Chodesh Sivan is on Sunday. And that's how they'll reconcile with their positions. Tosfah points out, in truth, the Chachamim did not have to say that there were eight chaser months. They could have just said, like Rabbi Yosef, that there were seven chaser months, and say like they've been saying until now that first year, Iyar was Malay. And if Iyar is Malay, then it would postpone the Rosh Chodesh to the date that they needed. Tashma, the Tanya B'Seder Olam, we have in the Brayto of Seder Olam Rabbo, Nisan Shbo Yatsu Yisomi Mitzrayim Barba Asar Shachatu Pizchem, Chamisha Asar Yatsu. On that day, it was Erev Shabbat. If it was Erev Shabbat, when the 15th, when they left Mitzrayim, that means Rosh Chodesh Nisan was on a Friday. If that's the case, Rosh Chodesh Nisan Erev Shabbat. If Rosh Chodesh Nisan is on Erev Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh Nisan That means that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is on Sunday. The Sivan, and that means Sivan betray Shabbat. And that means that Rosh Chodesh Sivan will turn out to be on Monday. Kasha the Rabbi Yossi. That's a problem for Rabbi Yossi. I'm the Rabbi Yossi. I'm on Rabbanani. The Brayto of Seder Olam Rabbo is authored based on the position of Rabbanan, not my position. Tashma, Rabbi Yossi Omer, B'Sheni Allah Moshe V'Yarad. On the second day, Moshe went up and came down. Shlishi Allah V'Yarad. On the third day, he went up and came down. B'Daled Yarad, B'Shuv Lo Allah. On the Wednesday, he came down, and he never went back up. M'Yachar Shalu Allah, M'Yachan Yarad. If he didn't go up, how did he ever come down on that Wednesday? Ella B'Rivi Allah V'Yarad. On the fourth day, he also went up and came down. B'Chamisha B'Na Mizbeach. On the fifth day, he built the Mizbeach, B'Krivalav Karban. 
He brought the carbonate that are mentioned in Parashat Mishpatim. On Friday he had no free time. My la Mishum Torah. Maybe because it was Matan Torah. Lo Mishum Torah Shabbat. Preparing for the Shabbat. So therefore, if it works out now, according to Rabbi Yossi, that this is the layout of the week. They arrived on Sunday, which was Chodesh Sivan. On the second day, second day also being the second day of Sivan, also Monday. Moshe goes up and comes down, and that is the Brit of Atem Tiyulim, Amlachet Kohanim. On Tuesday, which is the third day of the week, the third day of the month, he's Allah Yarad. He goes up and comes down, which was the mitzvah of Hagbalah, according to Rabbi Yossi. Then on Wednesday, Moshe goes up and comes down again, and that was the mitzvah of Hafrasha that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu on the third day. <coughs> On the third time he went up, which is Wednesday, the fourth day of the week, the fourth day of Sivan. Bechamishi, which is Thursday and the fifth day of Sivan, that which transpired in Pashat Mishpatim took place there. They brought the Korbanot, they did the Avodat HaMizbeach of the Shlamim and the Olot that were brought at the foot of Har Sinai. On Friday, which is the sixth of Sivan and the sixth day of the week, they prepared for Shabbat. And then on the seventh day, they got the Torah. That this Gidla said about Rav Chista, Brich Romana de Avorayin, Tlitai, Laam Tlitai, Adile Tilai. That Baruch Hashem, Diaiv Orayin Tlitai, he gave the Torah the third, Laam Tlitai to the third nation, Ayyadei Tlitai on the third one, Beyom Tlitai on the third day, Biyarcha Tlitai in the third month. Come on, who's that like? That's like the Rabbanan. Let's understand each of these statements. It's in the third month, which is Sivan. It's on the third day of Prisha. The third day of Prisha works according to the Rabbanan, who say that they separated for two days, and on the third day they got the Torah. It's given by the third, Ayyadei to die, because Moshe is the third child of Amram and Yochavet. You have Aaron, Miriam, and then Moshe. It's given to La'am Tlitai, which is a nation made up of three, Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. And Orion Tlitai, the Tanakh, which is Torah Nevi'im Ektuvim, which made up of three parts. So this Orion Tlitai was given in the Am Tlitai, the nation made up of Kohanim Levim Israel, by the third child of Amram and Yochavet, on the third day after they were Poresh Minayisha, B'yachat Tlitai in the third month, which is Sivan. Come on, that works like the Rabbanan. Because the Rabbanan say that there were only three days of Prisha, two days, and then the third day the Torah is given. According to Yossi, there were three days of Prisha, and then only in the fourth day was the Torah given. So that Galilean, that was Doresh before Rav Chista, said this Drosha, and this Drosha clearly follows the position of the Chachamim. Okay, we'll stop over here.